Welcome to Episode 5 in the AIC Seasonal Video Series, Trinity Tide, the Teaching Season. I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church. The focus of Episode 5 is the Collect, Epistle, and Gospel readings for the 9th, 10th, and 11th Sundays after Trinity, and the final two of 11 Trinitarian hymns in the St. Chrysostom Hymnal. Previously in this series, in Episode 1, Parts 1 and 2, my focus was on the history of Trinity season, the relationship between Whitsunday Pentecost and Trinity Sunday in season, the Collects, Canticles, Epistle, and Gospel readings for Whitsuntide and Monday and Tuesday in Whitsun Week. In Episode 2, the focus was on Trinity Sunday and the first and second Sundays after Trinity. In Episode 3, the focus shifted to the third, fourth, and fifth Sundays after Trinity, and in Episode 4, again, shifted to the sixth through the eighth Sundays after Trinity. In each of Episodes 2, 3, and 4, I mentioned three of the 11 hymns to the Trinity in the AIC bookstore publication, the St. Chrysostom Hymnal. The illustration is a circa 1420 A.D. tempera and gilt-on-panel icon by the renowned Russian icon painter Andrei Rubelyov, originally painted for the iconostasis at Holy Trinity Cathedral at the Monastery of St. Sergius at Sergeyev Posad, Russia. The Collect for the Ninth Sunday after Trinity was adapted by Archbishop Cranmer for the 1549 Book of Common Prayer from the Gelasian Sacramentary, which had used the wording for this Collect from an earlier uh, Collect in the Leonine Sacramentary. Changes were made in the 1662 Book of Common Prayer, adding, quote, We who cannot do anything good without thee, as an elaboration upon the doctrine of grace, paraphrasing St. Paul, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, which is the epistle reading for the 12th Sunday after Trinity. It also elaborates upon Matthew 7, verse 21, the final verse of the gospel reading from the previous Sunday. Grant to us, Lord, we beseech thee the Spirit to think and do always such things as are right, that we, who cannot do anything that is good without thee, may by thee be enabled to live according to thy will, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The illustration, The Prodigal Son Begging, an opaque watercolor over graphite on gray wove paper by James Tissot was painted between 1886 and 1894 in his Scenes from the Life of Christ series now in the collection of the Brooklyn Museum. The scene illustrates a verse from the parable of the prodigal son, which is the gospel reading for the ninth Sunday after Trinity. The epistle reading for ninth Sunday after Trinity, 1 Corinthians 10, verses 1 to 13, advances the cycle of readings from St. Paul, developed from the Gelasian Sacramentary. In this pericope, the reading from St. Paul is advanced from Romans to the next book in the canonical list of Pauline epistles, 1 Corinthians. 
1662 Book of Common Prayer added verses 1 to 5 to the original text from the Gelasian Sacramentary. St. Paul's presentation is in two parts. The first includes Old Testament slash New Testament parallelisms in verses 1 through 4. The escape from Egypt, the escape from the consequences of sin in Christ, the crossing of the Red Sea to the Christian sacrament of baptism, water from the rock, Christ the Christian rock. He presents the history of the Jews as an, a set of examples or ensample in the King James Book of Common Prayer text for the instruction of the faithful. St. Paul warns against bodily sins committed by the Jews, including idolatry, lust, and sexual immorality or fornication in the King James text. He concludes in verse 13 with this reassurance, which is unique to this epistle. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. The illustration is a portrait of St. Paul by Italian artist Bartolomeo Montagna, painted in 1482 A.D. and now in the collection of the Museo Poldi Pezzoli in Milan, Italy. St. Paul holds a book in his left hand and a sword in his right, symbolizing the manner of his death. The Gospel reading for Ninth Sunday after Trinity, Luke 15, verses 11 to 32, is the parable of the prodigal son, or lost son in the New King James and in most modern translations, with the purpose of making it consistent with the parables of the lost sheep and the lost coin, which immediately precede it and which are the subject of the Gospel reading for Third Sunday after Trinity, and also with the last verse of the pericope itself. As with the other parables, the audience remains the Pharisees and tax collectors, and the sinners and the disciples themselves. The place is Perea, or Gilead in the Old Testament, on the east side of the Jordan. The time is winter of 29 A.D. into 30 A.D. The illustration is the return of the prodigal son on oil on canvas by Italian painter Pompeo Batoni, known primarily for his portraits of the famous and influential all over Europe, painted in 1773 A.D. and now in the collection of the Kunsthistorisches Museum in Vienna, Austria. Outside of the readings for Passion Tide, it is one of the longest pericopes in the prayer book. In the story, there are two brothers, heirs to the wealth of their father. The youngest, impetuous and impatient, breaks tradition and asks for and receives his portion of his inheritance. He departs for a foreign land where he soon squanders his legacy and is reduced to begging and feeding swine. Realizing his mistake, noting that even the poorest of his father's workers ate better than he as a beggar in a foreign land, he determines to return and beg forgiveness, confessing this in verses 18 and 19, here using the New King James text. 
I will arise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Upon his return, he is welcomed by his father, who celebrates with a great feast. The older son refused to share in the celebration and confronted his father with assertions of his own righteousness. The father's reply in verses 31 and 32, again using the New King James text, offers a lesson in many themes already heard in the collects and the epistle and gospel readings throughout Trinity season, humility, repentance, forgiveness, and brotherly love. Son, you are always with me. All that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. The illustration is a detail from The Return of the Prodigal Son, a large oil on canvas by Rembrandt van Rijn, painted circa 1668 A.D. near the end of his life and now in the collection of the Hermitage Museum in St. Petersburg, Russia. The collect for the 10th Sunday after Trinity was adapted by Archbishop Cranmer from the Gelasian Sacramentary. It is similar to another in the earlier Leonine Sacramentary. The collect offers guidance for personal prayer. Let thy merciful ears, O Lord, be open to the prayers of thy humble servants, and that we may obtain their petitions, that they may obtain their petitions, make them to ask such things as shall please thee through Jesus Christ our Lord. The illustration is the vision of the destruction of Jerusalem, an early 11th century illumination in tempera and guilt on parchment from the Gospels of Otto III from the collection of the Bavarian State Library in Munich, Germany. Jesus' vision is the opening verses of the Gospel reading for 10th Sunday after Trinity. The epistle reading for 10th Sunday after Trinity is 1 Corinthians 12, verses 1 to 11. St. Paul's subject is gifts of the Spirit, which he teaches vary from individual to individual, but are for the benefit of all. The concepts of gifts of the Spirit is one of St. Paul's unique contributions to Christian understanding of the Holy Trinity. He lists several specific gifts, wisdom, faith, healing, the working of miracles, prophecy, the discernment of spirits, the discernment of tongues, meaning languages, and the interpretation of tongues, then concludes in verse 11 with this on the sovereignty of God, in this case the Holy Spirit. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. The illustration is a larger-than-life statue of St. Paul holding a book and a sword in the forecourt of the Cathedral Basilica of St. John the Apostle, St. Michael, and the Immaculate Conception at Agar, Hungary, dating between 1831 and 1837 A.D. 
The Gospel reading for 10th Sunday after Trinity, Luke 19, verses 41 to 47a, begins with Jesus' vision of the destruction of Jerusalem, an account unique to the Gospel of St. Luke. The scene is also known as the lament over Jerusalem, since St. Luke records that he, he, quote, saw the city and wept over it in verse 41b. The place is the hills above Jerusalem. Only the disciples are present with Jesus, and the time is Holy Week in 30 A.D. The illustration is a detail from the lament over the destruction of Jerusalem, showing Jesus sitting under a tree surrounded by disciples from James Tissot's late 19th century watercolor over graphite on gray wove paper in the collection of the Brooklyn Museum. In St. Luke's account, Jesus' description accurately foretells the destruction inflicted by Romans upon Jerusalem in 70 A.D. when the temple was surrounded, or compassed the round, as it says in the prayer book, besieged and eventually torn down stone by stone. It contains this chilling warning in verse 44 that the marauders, quote, will not leave you in you one stone upon another. Another. The second act in the pericope is an account of the cleansing of the temple, also reported in the Gospels of St. Matthew and St. Mark. The account ends with this in verses 45 and 46. The scripture references to Isaiah 56, 7. He went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in it, saying to them, It is written, My house is a house of prayer but you have made it a den of thieves. The illustration is the expulsion of the money changers from the temple, a fresco by Giotto at Scrovegni Chapel, Padua, Italy, painted between 1304 and 1306 A.D. It is part of a larger set of small frescoes depicting events in the life of Christ. The collect for 11th Sunday after Trinity is a Gelasian sacramentary composition which was altered for the 1662 Book of Common Prayer. In the altered version, grace becomes a conditional promise of future reward, that being heavenly treasure. Another concept included is that of God's most important attributes, mercy and pity. O God, who declarest thy almighty power chiefly in showing mercy and pity, mercifully grant unto us such a measure of thy grace that we, running the way of thy commandments, may obtain thy gracious promises and be made partakers of thy heavenly treasure through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The illustration is a detail of the Pharisee in the foreground of the Pharisee and the Publican, another watercolor by James Tissot from his Life of Christ collection at the Brooklyn Museum. The parable is the subject of the Gospel reading for 11th Sunday after Trinity. The Epistle reading for 11th Sunday after Trinity is 1 Corinthians 15 verses 1 to 11. The pericope is St. Paul's personal apostolic witness to the truth of the gospel and of accounts he received from other leaders of the church. 
He repeats the essential elements of canonical doctrine regarding the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, including his encounters with the disciples. St. Paul goes beyond accounts by the inner circle in verse 6, saying, After that he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. He continues with his personal description of his own encounter, seen by me also as one born out of due time in verse 8, calling himself in verse 9 the least of the apostles because of his persecution of the church. With a characteristic combination of vanity and humility, he closes with his own apostolic witness in verses 10 and 11. By the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. The illustration is an early 18th century marble statue of St. Paul by Italian artist Pierre Etienne Manot at the Basilica of St. John Lateran, the Vatican, Rome, Italy. The Gospel reading for 11th Sunday after Trinity Luke is Luke 18, verses 9-14, St. Luke's short account of the parable of the Pharisee and the publican. The pericope is one of the shortest readings, only six verses, but the imagery is dramatic. The place is either Samaria or Galilee, through which the traveling company was passing on its way to Jerusalem early in 30 A.D., a group of Pharisees had been with the party from the beginning. It was to the Pharisees, described as, quote, some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others, in verse 9, that the parable was directed. The New King James Version uses the term tax collector instead of publican, likely owing to the change of meaning of publican, which now more generally refers to the keeper of a pub in England. Jesus contrasts the self-centered Pharisee who uses the personal pronoun I five times in just two sentences. Here is verse 11b and 12. God, I thank you that I am not like the other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. The illustration is a detail of the Pharisee from James T. Sow's 19th century watercolor in the Life of Christ series at the Brooklyn Museum. In the account, the tax collector kept back, facing downward rather than heavenward like the Pharisee. He beat his breast, saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner, in verse 13. Jesus' final words in verse 14 summarize the meaning. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. The illustration is an engraving, the Pharisee and the publican, also showing Jesus in the background outside the door, 
by Gustave Doré from his illustrations in his new edition of St. Jerome's Vulgate Bible, published in Paris in 1866 A.D., with an English-language version published at London shortly thereafter. The final two of eleven hymns to the Holy Trinity in the St. Chrysostom Hymnal our collection of nearly 500 easily sung traditional hymns are number 749, Father of Heaven Whose Love Profound, which was written by Edward Cooper in 1805 A.D. The hymn was included in the 1861 edition of Hymns Ancient and Modern, published at London by the Church of England to answer the popular demand for hymns consistent with Anglican doctrine. Like most of the earliest hymnals, hymns ancient and modern did not assign a single tune to a hymn, but only its metric. It was only later that hymns were set to the music bars familiar in today's hymnals. For the St. Chrysostom hymnal, I set the words to the long meter tune Duke Street, composed by John Hatton in 1793 A.D. The second and last of the eleven hymns to the Holy Trinity for this episode is number 750, O Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, which was written circa 1850 by Josiah Conder, based upon the morning prayer canonical, the Tedium Laudamus. O Holy, Holy, Holy Lord was also included in the 1861 edition of the noted Hymnal, Hymns Ancient and Modern. The tune is set in our hymnal to the familiar long meter doxology tune, Old Hundredth. Readers may want to know that I left space for 25 additional Trinitarian hymns, potentially numbers 750 to 774, for inclusion in future editions of the St. Chrysostom Hymnal. The theme music for this series is Reginald Heber's hymn, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, written in 1827 A.D., ably played for us on his church organ by Richard M.S. Irwin, and is available for download from his new dedicated web address, https colon slash slash play dot hymnswithoutwords.com. I thank Richard for granting permission for its use. The Anglican Internet Church offers many other resources which are available 24-7 on our website, www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. For words and phrases and concepts mentioned in the collects and epistle and gospel readings and my discussion of them in this episode, the AIC Bookstore publication, Beliefs of the Anglican Church, offers an explanation of the sacrament of baptism on page 77 and of the doctrine of grace on pages 77 to 78. In Layman's Lexicon, there is a more extended, dis extended discussion with scriptural cross-references of baptism on pages 23 to 25, Commandments on pages 45 to 46, the term compass on page 47, discernment on page 58, faith on pages 73 to 74, grace on pages 96 
297, and Wisdom on pages 238 to 240. Hear us, O Lord, daily prayers for the laity offers prayers for private use on the old cycle of 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 6th, ninth hours, plus Vespers and Compline. In Christian Spirituality and Anglican Perspective, in Part 4, there is an extended discussion of prayer, rules for prayer, and suggestions for the development of good prayer habits. Each of these publications is accessible using the virtual bookstore link at the bottom of the homepage at our website, www.anglicaninternetchurch.net, and can be ordered by title from commercial bookstores. On the podcast homilies page are links for my homilies for 9th, 10th, and 11th Sundays after Trinity. On the Bible study page in the Bible study series New Testament Gospels, the parable of the prodigal son or lost son, including discussion of the three unique gifts the father provided to his returning son, is discussed in episode 18. And the parable of the Pharisee and the publican or the tax collector is discussed in episode 20. On the digital library page under the seasonal video category is the 12 Days of Christmas, in which the episode for the fifth day, December 29th, is focused on the theological theme word obedience. The episode includes scriptural examples from the Old and New Testament plus historic art. Finally, other AIC resources include Father Ron's blog, a page in which I post new information, usually weekly, generally including at least one graphic from our archive of historic church art from both the Eastern and Western church traditions. You can access the page by clicking the Father Ron's blog tab from the site menu at the top or as shown on the screen, the bottom of the home page. Once you're on the blog page, I invite you to become a follower by clicking Follow Anglican Internet Church, which is placed below my picture on the far right side of the page. You'll be asked to enter your email address in order to receive notice of each new posting from our site host, wordpress.com. Thank you for joining me for Episode 5 in Trinity Tide, the Teaching Season. Next time, in Episode 6, the focus will be on the 12th, 13th, 14th, and 15th Sundays after Trinity. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and use its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.